instead of this. We love and influence The piece of unleavened bread you shall keep. Seven days or so you shall keep unleavened bread as I commanded you in the appointed time in the month of Abib. For in the month of Abib you came out of Egypt. All that open the womb are mine. And every male firstborn among the livestock, whether ox or sheep, but the firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem him, you will break his neck. Not much to get a donkey, by the way, because we're reading, is your track. And this is, you don't break the neck of your track. You break the neck. All the firstborn of your sons you shall redeem. Now, some of you thought, I'd rather break the neck Well, no. But none shall appear before me in Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest in plowing time and harvest time you shall rest. And you shall observe the feast of meat of the first fruit of wheat harvest and the feast of the gathering at the year's end. Three years, sorry, three times a year, all of your men shall appear before the Lord, the Lord God is just trying to take a side note that all three of them are meat on barbecues, which is talking about the Lord, like God knows. Verse 24 says, For I will cast out the nations before you in a larger borders. Neither will any man come in your land when you grow up to appear before the Lord your God three times in the year. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven, nor shall the sacrifice of the feast of Passover be kept in the morning. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring that out of the Lord your God. You shall not boil any of the land. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write these words, for according to the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with you. And with Israel. We pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for the honor of being able to come to you right now with this precious fellowship. You glad and die for I thank you for the sheer magnificence of your presence. For the blessing of being able to praise you in song, breaking strings and short you know, circuits and all kinds of fun things, but it didn't stop us from praising you with our souls. But we want to continue worshiping you. We don't want to stay up the great time of worship that this is. We want to worship you in the studying of the word. To better understand your call in our lives. To better understand who we are and to deeper appreciate the price you paid for us on the cross. To better grasp our being that new creation. As Jesus is clearly showing by conquering the grave. And now here we are, Lord, and I come to you as I can do to stay here and just expect you to do fantastic things because clearly I don't have a lot of money off of it. You sure have a lot of money. Lord, I just thank you. Bless, Lord, I pray this time. Strengthen, Lord, I pray every condition. Speak to us individually when we need to hear you in our mind and our hearts. Speak to us as a family that we can be served tonight in your Jesus. And Lord, I just praise you for the privilege of
A little while back, um, a little while back, I had a quick slide on the country on those trips to, uh, I believe it was the Indian Airlines. And we had kind of, it was one of those really early flights, you know, when you get up before the sun does, and everybody could body is yelling at me, saying, Why are you doing this? Tell me a little bit. And you're like dragging your knuckles in the shower, dragging your knuckles out of the shower. And, and I really think it was crazy because it was one of those things where everything was gray, including yourself. You know, you kind of feel like you're just breathing gray. And, you know, you get on a bus and then on the train. Everything's just gray. And the sun comes up, but the overcast is just, you can't see beyond it, it's just thick. And occasionally it starts to turn into liquid, like a feeling that melts and ripples on you. And so you watch every person kind of come in, you feel like a half drown bag, and all, every person there is dragging them. Right? And you kind of, you take that long trip from where we live over to Heathrow. And every bit of it is sort of like we're circling our way in. And if everything just lacks definition, it lacks beauty. Everything is just sort of, just, just great and dreary. I don't see those days that there's no amount of caffeine left in the universe that's going to be able to pull you out of it at that moment. And so, so we all kind of, like, zombies kind of get through it. And, you know, it's the, it's the check in and it's the back check. Yeah, <laughs> 
deep origin is called Halloween. All of a sudden, you know, I think it's bright color colors. The whole place, and everything is ah. And I know I'm never going to be the because I know that above this overcast, this gray earth, this dreary gray and small and finite, is this beautiful, infinite horizon. And I've been glad.
is that there was so painful for me, I couldn't even get it. I couldn't even bear it anymore. It overwhelmed me. And then he says, then I went into the sanctuary of the Lord and, listen, 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 I saw their end. What happened to Antioch is, is that he came into church the day that was finished, the temple. And when he came into the temple, he got lifted over the overcast, and he saw things from a different perspective. Did you get that? Now, if we as a church, our fundamental purpose is, let's just make sure we feed the homeless. Well, we should. Careful way over. No, we should. You know, make sure that, that we, we interfere with human trafficking and see the people deliver, and we should. But we have to do it in Jesus' name, in the name of the one who is the Holy that is infinite and eternal and everlasting God. If we go through that, the fact we do is still stay under the overcast. Does that make sense? And a free prostitute going to hell is no great victory. A free prostitute that now is seeing Jesus Christ is a tremendous victory. And Jesus would say, all right, I'm going to hate to go to hell. Oh, that's right, to heaven, sorry. Go to heaven. Then we have hope to go to hell. And understand, Jesus is always constantly trying to get us above the overcast. Now, here, here's the thing I think that we understand. We should be thinking about all of those things, but we always should do it in the name of the everlasting God. If we don't, we're in danger. In a church setting, then, the fundament needs to be not about forgetting, but remembering. You see the difference? We party to forget. Forget that we're a zombie in the grave, amongst the herd of zombies that are in the grave, under the overcast that's temporary. So we're shaking the earth that we know is going down, and we're polishing the right hand to get a few more years out of this shit. But listen, when the overcast, when the overcast, I see a difference. And I go, you know what, that's okay, that's temporary. The only thing that's eternal in this room are you and me. And the God we serve. And I'm not going to be preaching with me, the school with me, or any of this stuff with me. You are going with me one place or another. Smoking or not smoking, it's eternal somewhere. And please hear me. If we're in a church and we lose focus on the eternal, We'll look just like the rest of the world. And that's what some will say. We just want you to go to church and not even know that you're there. Can I say, I want you to go to church and know we're there. And if we're going to get offended, I want you to get offended if we're offending with the truth in a right way. If we're speaking the truth about the spoken of offense, but at least it's the truth. Can I say, Jesus is here to save you. And if you're not saved from your sin, he's here to save you today. If he is, he's here to say, let's get to the remembering of the thing. And let's face it, you can spend six days, maybe three if you came on Wednesday, but you spend the six days in and underneath the overcast, and I would be here to remind you there's a place beyond that. In our text, see, I'm getting there. In our text, there is a reminder, and that's the point. Is that we're going to get back to this whole point of remembering things, because if we forget them, we're going to forget why it's so awesome to be a believer. And so here we are on the plane going down, and I'm getting out parachutes. And if we forget the plane is going down, that parachute will look unfashionable and make you uncomfortable if you think the only thing about it is to make you look like a backpack. But if you're aware of the fact that the plane is going down, the parachute is a great accessory. In chapter 34, where we are, Moses has said in verse 9, I have found great in your sight, O Lord. Let I pray then that you would go among us, even though we are sinful people. Pardon our enemy, our sin, and take us as your inheritance. And he said, Behold, I'm going to make a covenant with you. I will be marvelous that you've never seen before on all the earth. Any nation, any people, and you're going to see an awesome thing. This awesome thing is something that I'm going to do. And you'll be like, I'm going to do something awesome. You're ready. By verse 12, he says, I'm going to drive out all these nations, and I'm going to take you beyond where you are. And this is verse 12. Take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land. I'm driving out those people. I've given them 430 years. Remember, back in Genesis 15, God says, I'm not giving you the land now because the fullness of the iniquity of 
to come in with you. I was really hoping you could reciprocate that covenant. Because you're going to make a covenant with someone. And either you're going to make a covenant with me, or you're going to make a covenant with the world underneath. So which one do you want to attach to? Do you ever ask in beautiful, resilient eternity above the overcast? Or do you want to throw your chain and you never go down to the over, to the grave? And he says that this is do you make such a thing? And from that point till this point, he's talking about what needs to be done as prohibition. I want you to destroy my altars so you won't be part of your altars. I want you to break down the pillars so you're not part of your pillars. I want you to cut down the images and I want you to be part of that. Or you're going to become a I want to warn you. You want to attach to your priority, attach to what they think is important. You know what happens? You wish, you know what, I had just been a football star and had made so much money and I had to love and look at you. Your primary purpose is to make a lot of money. Hey, the crowd that against you making money, but if it's solely to make money, it's not the purpose. Everything is for attached to the overcast. You want to be popular, why? By who? By the way, I just say, I'm also named in the greatest house of the church, the house of the Lord. I have a rock star inside of me because my Jesus died for me and gave me my foundation. But from this point on, I have this expectation. Not just I want you back out of the faith, I'm keeping that world out so that you can go and be. I'm weird to see you make the world like a full out of in a sense. In the new world you're receiving, because I'm going to have you change it. Now, with that in mind, I would also like to have these expectations. So things for you to remember to be a part of. Not because God is not God enough, because God has been sent. So instead of running to your altars, instead of jumping and clinging to the pillars, instead of throwing yourself at their ministries, can I ask you to remember a few things for you? Now, what's interesting is in 1 Corinthians 4, Paul said to Timothy to remind the Corinthians of Paul's ways. In 2 Timothy 2.14, God told Timothy to remind the people there as Paul said about the time. Because if he didn't remind them of Paul's way and of the doctrine that God already had, he would strive about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. In Psalm 20, verse 7, to some trust the chariots and horses, but we will remember the Lord our God. Because if we don't remember the Lord in our strength, we'll try to find it elsewhere. In 2 Peter, it is not your saying. Diligent to add to your faith virtue, into your virtue knowledge, into your knowledge self control, into your self control perseverance, into your perseverance godliness, into your godliness, hear this, brotherly kindness, into your brotherly kindness love. Because if these things are yours and abounding you, you will be neither barren nor fruitless. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you see that you'll just melt it. Your knowledge will become fruitful. And then right after that, he says, For he who lacks these things, who lacks what? Lacks that faith, lacks that virtue, lacks that knowledge, lacks that self control, lacks that perseverance, lacks that godliness, lacks that brotherly kindness, lacks that love, is short sighted. Even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his sin. See, one of the things that happens when you get brought back to the old house underneath it and then forget where you came from is you can forget about who you are. Now, as a as a boy, as a nut, um, I love I love to play American football. And by the way, we did go to play with Pat, just for those of you who think you're familiar with And I know about rugby where I came from. I would love to rugby. I love it. That man, I'm so unsick. I love to be But we should play out in this field. And by the way, the rule was if it blows through a center, then you have to wear short, short, short jobs. You can ask the rule. So here we are, we're out of the way, we're out And in the goal, when you caught the ball, the other thing that they tried to do is they tried to knock you hard and run you into a bunch of pine trees. That was kind of fun. And they kind of thought that would be a good turn for you catching the ball that time. And actually, that practice, when you run into a pine tree, you know what happens to you? You get covered in sap. 
never forget you have been purchased. You're not your own anymore. You belong to God. He is not just your Savior. He is your Lord. Never forget that. Because He wants to set you apart. You are set apart because you are now owned by your Creator. Never forget you've been First, remember the land. Second, remember the firstborn. Third, remember redemption. So far, here we go, right? Number one, remember the love of God. Second, remember the love of God. Third, remember redemption. Beautiful. All right, all right. So God has shown us our sin, and we've been redeeming that sin, and we've been saved by the gift of the firstborn, and because of that, we've been redeemed, and because of that, we've been set apart. Sanctified. Six days you shall work, on the seventh day you shall rest. I don't care if it's harvest time. I don't care if it's plowing time. You're going to rest. Oh, dang God's going to give you an option and say, Well, that's okay, I recognize it's a busy season. You don't need to. So you want to get to the fourth one. So remember to rest. If I don't really trust God, I'll never rest. Now, can I just say, God has a way of forcing Sabbath. If you don't want to rest, God will make you rest. And can I just say, in confession, that's what yesterday, coincidentally, I believe it's Sabbath. I mean, once you go into the dentist and he drills holes all in your head, stick a big piece on you just to keep you, you know, whatever. And you walk back and you're like, hey, no, no, And your wife is sitting with this. You hold your head. And everyone in my house is going with I think I'm kidding you. She goes, you're going with that. And then you wake up and she's like, let's eat. <laughs> let's try that. And you're back. God, and I'm like, I later, I make this from that. Because I knew I was going to be sharing this with you today. God's like, that whole don't forget the rest thing. You can confidently say you rested. <laughs> you ever come out here too busy? You ever tell me, is this all you can do? Is all you can do? I'm investing. I'm in the middle of investing. I'm, I'm just, this is a startup. God. You know that's really important. This is a startup. You know that's all you can do. You don't understand. We're going to be getting this. You know, that's awesome. Don't forget to rest. Please, 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 please hear me. The results will never be more responsibility. Only he is responsibility. His responsibility has results. You know, if I don't do this, gosh, I'm what? Do you know what hinges on you? You're obedient. That's what hinges on you. Everything else is. You ever watch someone who looks like they just look like they play like sneeze and all these people get saved? They're like, you know, you're like, work so hard and somebody else kind of pops in and boom, it just happens. Now, if you're that kind of a really, really hard worker, that's kind of driving holistic. That's the result. That is just how I do my relationships with you. That's working out. She went and did this whole, you know, life I'm in school, I'm going to get my teacher's credential. I'm praying for her. She's just a God who's a migrant. She's a hard, hard worker. And she puts it out. She just, and she's seen, you know, it's like I've been in school, I don't know about, trying to find a job as a teacher. Nobody hires her at this particular point. It's crazy. Some, some friend of mine in the classroom, some folks say, hey, bro, I'm teaching this class at this Christian school on worship. Would you like to sub for me? And he was just so, he was just, Bless this guy, he was sparky, he had no spark left. He was just so profound. And so, you know, I kind of come in there, I asked this little class of kids, they're beating each other with a bass guitar, you know, just like the breakfast club all over. I'm like, so what's worship? And they have no idea. I'm like, put your instruments down, they have to buy them stuff. Now, what happened as a result of that? These kids all ran home to their parents. And if they don't even know about small Christian schools, parents are almost run everything. So they all went, if you don't hire this guy, we're going to take our kids 
Don't find people saying, isn't that hard to find? Can I just say, you can't have all good harvest for good seed. That's what you Go out and dig in the plant, throw it in the seed, and trust there is a harvest coming, Lord. And I mean, there is a harvest, and you are part of it already. And you've been part of that harvest, and you've accepted Jesus, and you know that God saved you. But they expect that what he said. Their harvest is plentiful. The Lord, we all pray that the Lord of the harvest will send harvest is way. The Lord sends people to the harvest. And then he says, Well, then God, what do you mean, though? Because you've been praying. You know, like I pray for God to send someone. He goes, Guess what? In my eyes, you're like, How? What? How? What? What? Remind each other. And we're not just trying to help other Christians uh, sort of 
that we can have a ministry to each other of reminders of the eternal in the world. And with that, oh Lord God, oh God, please remind us of the hardest that donkey of those who are still so overcome and imprisoned by the people. Fill us with that color of these eyes for us to pass. And in that morning, may we be so glad to be different in all the best of ways that the world would be asking that for which we are to be ready to have an answer for, and that's the hope that we have in So, Lord, I pray that you remove us from the drab to that which is brilliant. And right now, with heads are bowed and eyes are closed, have you accepted the gift of Jesus Christ, who came to start a relationship with you at the moment you say yes? The gift of the firstborn son of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world to redeem, purchase you at the cross, bottom. So, Lord, I pray right now, if there be anyone in this room who is not sure or should they have accepted your gift, Father, and sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for us, today they recognize it. And I pray that we give them the wisdom. Now, I don't know if you do it this way, but today, I think that we made that decision to say yes to Jesus Christ. His gift. That gift washes you from all of your sin, all of the penalty, but all of your guilt, all of your fault, all of your dishonor, all of your shame, and makes it a new creation. And today, you do not accept that gift while heads are closed, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And you want to pray today to see Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Could you just write me back to raise your hand and say, I just want to accept that gift today. Is there anyone in this room today who has not accepted that gift in life? Right now, don't be afraid. I want you to walk out of here sure today to accept the gift of Jesus Christ. Is there anyone today? Lord, we trust in this room, everyone here has been this We trust that everyone has a second The Lord, just as saying, we open the key path. Jesus is our Savior, King of our sins, and our Lord is the Lord of our new life. We don't do this because we need to keep getting saved. We were saved once and for all. But we want to say, we just want to leave our own heart before you pay us for what we want. And we just trust Jesus, your leadership, and one of us. We would be about to